Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's another Sunday night and it's time for another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Delvina, a board-certified psychiatrist in South Florida. And uh, tonight I'm talking dating, relationships, and um, there is a spin, personality disorders or challenging personality traits. And so um, someone called in. They actually DM'd me first on social media, and I asked the person to call in and have a conversation with me because sometimes, listen, y'all, you come with these questions in my DMs or in my email, and they are just questions that is just too much for me to answer or type back to you. There's no way. So I'll tell you, hey, if you want to call in, please call in and share your question. It'll be recorded. It will be anonymous, but call in if you feel free. And this person felt free and wanted to call in. So we're talking personality disorders tonight, and we're talking dating and relationships, you know, because a lot of different things themes arise during this dialogue with this gentleman. He's a heterosexual male. He's 41, and um, he dated someone who worked on his job. That's right. Hi, caller. Are you there? Yes, I'm right here. Thank you for calling in. I know you reached out to me on uh, on social media and you said that you were having some challenges in a relationship. Yeah, it's, um, it was just a, it's an interesting situation that actually um, just occurred. Um, and, you know, maybe you can give me some advice on, on how to handle it. Okay. Where do you want to start? Let's see. Well, let's start with how old are you? 41. Okay. And um, are you single, married? Is this a situation with your wife or your husband? Um, No, I am single. This is a situation with, let's use the word entanglement. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jada Pinkett Smith. Okay. (laughs) So, so you're single and dating. Yes. Are you single and actively dating? Like, are you dating more than one person? I don't even, I don't even know what to characterize what I do. I don't really date. I just kind of bump into people and we, (laughs) (laughs) especially with COVID, it's not more like this, the dating aspect is situations that occur (laughs) like this one. Oh, I see. Okay. So, okay. Are you heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, or on the down low? Um, heterosexual. Okay. And so I guess you inadvertently met a, a young lady. Is that what happened here? Well, the full story of it is I've known this young lady now three or four years. Um, met her shortly after my divorce and we've had this interesting on and off entanglement wait a minute so you've been married previously yes was married previously um semi-happily until the divorce for almost 10 years wow okay how long have you been divorced um been divorced now wow i want to say probably three Maybe three years. Okay. Going on three years. Was the divorce initiated by you or your ex? Uh, Initiated by my ex. Oh, sorry to hear that. Thank you. That was a long pause before you said thank you. (laughs) I'm going to leave it there too because I'm sort of, (laughs) why the long pause? No reason. Um... No, yeah. I, I think there was a reason, <laughs> but it sounds like you don't want to talk about it so we can move past it. So let's get to this young lady you met. Where'd you meet her? Um, in a restaurant, in the grocery store, on the job? 
on the job. We um, we used to work together. Um, then oh. she, she oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. So you met her on the job. Um, does she still work on the job? No. Okay, good. Because you know what they say, don't shit where you eat. Oh, yeah. I, I've heard that and I, I learned that very well. Um, but no, so we never had anything while she was on the same job with me. She actually left um, and is in another city, actually, um, working for a completely different um, entity. She in the same state? Yes. Okay. So she, you guys were just co-workers and associates. Um, as associates and co-workers, did you ever hang out socially together? Nope. Um, when, when, I, when we were co-workers or associates, and you know, especially when I was married, we didn't even talk to each other. Oh, wow. So how did you guys begin getting acquainted? How did that come about? Uh, um, that actually began at the point where after my divorce, I was looking for, um, I was looking, looking for somewhere to live. I'm trying to figure out if I was going to move, stay at the same place. This person was in the process of leaving the city because they just found a new job, had somewhere that she was looking to sell and I was looking to maybe buy. So I was like, oh, I saw that you may, I heard through over the department that you're leaving, that you may be selling your townhouse. Would I be able to come by and take a look? Um, so I went over, took a look. We started hanging out, talking. Um, and we just kind of became a little bit entangled. You know, the initial agreement was, oh, this is just what it is. I'm, you know, I'm leaving when I leave. I'm just going to ghost you. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just getting out of a relationship. So I'm not looking for anything serious right now. So that was kind of like, okay, cool. Okay. Now I don't know if you've ever heard any of my podcasts, but I'm not going to let you just gloss over all of that juicy information. <laughs> Went to our house to look at the townhouse. Now let's back up a little bit. Prior to going to the townhouse, um, you, you said you were considering buying or looking for a place to live. Had you thought about her? Had you thought like, wow, she's attractive? Had it ever occurred to you that this she could potentially be someone that you would be interested in before you even went to the house? Um that would be a yes. Whenever you take a long to answer a question because you're no, considering no. or contemplating or no, pondering no, no, the question, that would be a yes. The answer is yes. And so it may, maybe it was subconscious. Maybe it was sort of, you know, um, not something you necessarily identified with, but going to the home to see the townhouse gave you an opportunity to be around her. Okay. So, I will I will go along your your rabbit hole. There was an interesting aspect <laughs> because it wasn't it wasn't exactly like that. It was more like she is there, but she's also very um, a little bit more. I, I hate the word high maintenance, but a, a little bit more proper than I would typically find myself with. A little bit more um, polished. What do you mean? Well, I mean, she is a very accomplished woman and she carried herself like a very accomplished woman. Um, not, and that is not typically my, that air of class is not what I typically find myself attracted to, even though my ex-wife was like that. So maybe that is my type. All right. <laughs> and I was, I, that, how did you know? My next question was going to be, was your ex-wife accomplished? Yeah. Um, so I guess yeah. I, so there was an aspect where it may have not been necessarily a physical, there is a physical attraction, but my, I wouldn't say there was an overt, oh yeah, I want to go over and hang out with her. I think there was, to be completely honest, as I'm looking back over my time and my phases I go through as I get further and further my divorce, there was an aspect of just hmm, something to do where I'm not sitting in the house by myself. Gotcha. Okay. So we tease that out. So you get to the house. How was the house? How was the townhouse? 
Um, the townhouse was okay, actually. It wasn't necessarily my style. Um, was it as polished as she appeared to be? Yeah, yeah, it was It was a nice home. Um, I'm not actually, it's funny because I'm in a townhouse, but it's not a typical townhouse. I don't like the typical townhouses. Um, and then the location um, just wasn't exactly, it was, uh, wasn't exactly what I was looking for, meaning it was the area I wanted, but it was, I didn't realize until I drove out there just the, even though it was only five miles away, the traffic, because of the concentration of people that lived there made it hard to get back and forth. So this is all I learned, like after we looked at the place and me and her went to get something to eat. Okay. So did you tell her the same day or even within a week that, hey, I'm not interested in buying your place, but thanks for showing it to me? Um, yeah, I think, I, well, I think that night I told her I wasn't certain if I would buy her place um, because it's, it just, it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. And I may have been just a little bit further from work than I was hoping to be. Okay. Uh, so we, we had that conversation, but, you know, over dinner, we, we also became friendly. We realized we did have some things in common. So you went to dinner the same night you went to see the townhome? Yes. Around then we, you know, we, um, after we, I looked at it, we were just like, oh, let's just grab something to eat. Okay. Did you guys have sex first before you went to dinner? No, we did not. How about after dinner? No, we did not. Okay. How long into this acquaintance did you all become intimate? Um, I want to say maybe a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you go to dinner, you realize you have things in common and it's like, okay, so this is working out for me. Yeah. And so what's the problem? Well, <laughs> so eventually, you know, um, she moves on and after we are together for a while, just kind of, you know, together, but not together. One of the first things that happened is we went to, went to LA for an event and we decided to go out to dinner and she picked a restaurant that was the exact same restaurant. The first restaurant my ex-wife picked when we went to LA the first time. Oh, snap. <laughs> and once again, it's a high, you know, once again, there's a high class expensive restaurant. And I was just like, wait a minute, I was here before. <laughs> did you tell her that? Yes, actually, I did tell her. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Well, let me stop you for a second because I want to get the timeline together here. So how long before she moved? So you met her, you saw the town home, you guys started dating, you become friends. And how long after that did she move to the other city? Moved to the other city within a couple of weeks, maybe maybe within a month of that. So, so you, you had, I'm going away sex. You had, yeah. yeah, okay. So I'm sure my audience is asking, was the sex good? But we'll get to that at some point. Um, so she moves... Uh, Two, three, four weeks after you met her, after you walked through the town home to determine if you wanted to buy it, she moves away. You guys stay in touch. And then you decide somewhere along the lines to take a trip out of town to Los Angeles. And she takes you to the same restaurant your ex-wife or she reserved. She made a reservation at the same yeah. restaurant your ex-wife reserved yeah, we were, the first time you guys were in L.A. Exactly. We were having a work. We, so happened we had a work conference that was in L.A. and both of us was going to go to that conference. So we went to the conference and yeah. Okay. So do you go to the restaurant? Yeah. I, I didn't, I'm terrible with names. So I didn't even recognize the name. I just recognized I'm very good with, um, with visualization. So as soon as I walked in, as soon as outside, uh, I was like, Oh yeah, I was here a couple of years ago. So who's paying, who's paying for dinner on this night? Well, I, I paid for, I paid for, I always pay for dinner. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're there and how was dinner? Oh, I mean, dinner was great. Um, so I, I mentioned to her um, about this whole aspect um, with my ex-wife. And keep in mind, like after she left, it, it kind of went and became kind of weird because there was this thing initially where she said, oh, she was just going to ghost me. And then I was like, cool. So I did not necessarily reach out to her very much. It was just more like just texting, hey, how you doing? Um, and what was interesting was she got really upset 
um, that I wasn't calling her more. And I was like, what? I didn't think that was really what we talked about. So we're already in a weird little place. Um, so this, you know, the fact that we were both going to end up in LA, I was like, okay, cool. We'll hang out. We'll, you know, um, but that also became a weird situation because when I told her about the restaurant, I used that as a gateway to mention there's certain aspects about her that was too similar to my ex-wife and that I just don't want to go down that road. Wow. And, um, she was not very happy about that, even though I didn't think we were even in that situation. So it was just an interesting, and that's been a pattern where she'll just get very upset over something that I just didn't really understand because we've, you know, and this is always the guy's issue. We talked about it. I was completely upfront where I was. And then once again, I'm coming to you to be completely honest of actually what's happening. Mm. And, and there was just this, irrational just in my mind just argument over that and then she began to pick an argument over something that was just had actually had nothing to do with her at all was was this at dinner in LA no no yeah this was oh. after dinner in LA okay so, so this we go back home yeah we go back to the hotel and we're you know we we're in the same room we're talking about it I'm trying to explain to her um, you know, where I'm coming from. and So this is when you're telling her that there are certain things and behaviors that remind you of your ex-wife. Yes. Wow. So to my listeners, if you want to, please send me a verbal response <laughs> over Anchor or um, Apple Podcasts and tell me what would be your reaction if the person you're... You're in the, they're in the beginning. They were in the beginning stages of dating and getting acquainted. Tells you that you do things that remind him or her of their ex. So what do, you, my, what do you? If she told you that, would you be offended? If she's like, no, I'm because, not saying you did anything wrong. I'm just asking the question. No, no, I wouldn't be because this was my way of also hopefully kind of because I, I realized she was getting a little bit more emotionally into the situation than I thought we were agreeing to. So this uh, is also my way of kind of... Closing it off? Yes. Wow, you realize. So did you get an... Uh, did your intuition or did your gut say to you, okay, this is not a good situation here? Oh, yeah, and it got even worse when we were in LA um, because there was a, a situation that, once again, had nothing to do with her. Um, she worked at the place I worked at for much longer than I did before she left. And there were, she knows the people there, of course, much better than I did. There was an incident where um, while I was at the, I, I was at the office, um, I went into, briefly into, I, you know how you have different offices on the floor? So there's this introductory into another part of the office in another department, but I walk into their waiting area in a way. And someone became offended that I would even sit in that waiting area. And I looked at the person and I said, really, I'm just sitting here for a second while I'm doing something. I don't understand why you even care, especially because on the, you know, um, I didn't think that this person had the authority to tell me I couldn't sit in this waiting area. Mm -hmm. um, so I got, I just ignored her. <laughs> I just ignored her and finished doing what I was doing. And then I left when I was finished. Well, that's, that's not the one you, you dated, right? It's no, no this, was, this was a, this was a office staff at the, my workplace where she used to work. Gotcha. Somehow she found out about it. Heard because I guess the office staff thought I was being condescending. Can I kind of just brushed off this person and just didn't pay them attention um, because I just thought they were talking foolishness that I can't even sit here for a minute because I was doing something on my phone and I just didn't feel like standing in the hallway doing it. So I just sat down in there for a second. And she was trying to explain to me how, you know, these office staff, this is their territory and I have to respect how territorial they get. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this has nothing to do with you. 
I didn't say anything rude. I just didn't respond and acknowledge this person because yeah. I think, okay. and she just got angry. Um, you know, like exceptionally angry to the point of slamming things over once again, me just ignoring somebody trying to tell me something I did not want to do. And literally I was there for maybe a minute mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to put it all. I was just playing a game on my phone and I got stuck in something and I just wanted to finish it. <laughs> and that's what it was. <laughs> and I, you know, when you're walking through the hallway of your office, you don't want to be walking and looking at your phone. So yeah. I wanted to go down somewhere a little bit out of the hallway, finish what I was doing and then go walking. Oh my <laughs> that's it. But the point okay. is that was the first time I saw her just get irrational. What I thought was just like, so upset like you know we had separate rooms because our departments our job played for separate rooms but we we're kind of hanging out in the same room but then she like stormed out and i was like okay that was weird. wow so she she demonstrated um intense anger yes during the time she would become um angry or upset it was intense yeah but then, you know, and, and it's funny because, like, once again, she's the type of person where um, when when things are great, you know, she's a great person. Like, she's supportive. Like, so, you know, we went through this phase where we just, you know, after this, we didn't talk for a while. And I'm like, cool. And I forgot what exactly happened. Um, but me being me, it was just like there were certain things I would see. And I would just, I hate there being conflict mm-hmm. um, or negative. I don't like negativity between me and anybody. I don't like having enemies or negative. I just, if we don't talk, then we just don't talk. But I don't like there being animosity. Right. Um, so me being me, I would just send her like jokingly texts about things. And she just wouldn't respond. And that went on for months. But I would still occasionally just send her texts. Mm-hmm. Um and then she'll just not respond. And then all of a sudden she just start responding and literally start sending me pictures yeah. of to work, what she's wearing for work. She'll send me all the papers she's working on and for me to read, to review. And then, you know, of course I don't always respond as much or just kind of briefly. And then we'll have a conversation. She'll get upset at me again for not necessarily caring. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then, we, and then, then she'll kind of ghost me and not respond. Um, and then, like, the culmination of that, um, there's a couple of things that happened. I mean, we could keep going. But, like, we ended up going on a way on a trip together. After agreeing, I just needed a friend to go with. And nothing was going to happen between us. Mm-hmm. So we went to another country together for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she didn't believe me that nothing was going to happen. <laughs> Um, because once again, at some point she started getting upset. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like she would have emotional mood swings. Um, you said during the times that she was happy and content, she was good to you. She was supportive. She knew how to, I guess, express herself and, um, show you that support. But then during the times when she didn't like herself, which it sounds like she may have had some types of, um, how shall I say, um, maybe self-image. She didn't have a positive self-image and maybe those were the times that she would get angry with you or more intensely angry or um, she would allow certain things to upset her or rub her the wrong way. Um, And it sounded like her anger was very explosive. You said she was throwing things one time. Yeah, just, yeah, um, it was, so it was more like, yes, yeah, so there was these moments where I think she's used to, I, I would partially agree, because I think she's somewhat used to uh, men um, kind of chasing after her, and I'm never, I've never really been that type of guy, mm-hmm. um, so I think at moments where she expects me to be throwing myself at her, and I, when I wasn't, um, it really, I think it really bothered her. Um, and I feel bad for that because that was never my intention because I, at the end, I thought we could just be friends. Um, and up until even like, again, recently what happened and the reason why I I called in was, it was, it was another incident, um, where out of nowhere, 
we are not talking, then we start talking, and then she just goes off on me, and I just don't know what happened. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so, like, the recent incident, so we've been doing that thing back and forth, and, you know, there's times, like, on this trip, she'll try to get me to sleep with her, and I would say no. There's other times where she'll try, and I would give in. Um, <laughs> I'm just keeping honest, but, like, right. you know, we had, we... There was an incident where she asked to come down to stay with me because she was coming to the city where I was in. And I said, no. Um, that led to us not talking. But there was a career, there's some career positions she's always wanted. And I've always said they are necessary. It's not something I'm aiming for. But she always was encouraging me to go for the promotion for the title, not even the promotion, for titles. Mm -hmm. um, and I always jokingly that I didn't want them. Um, but with all the promotions that I've received, my, my boss basically said I should just get the title. So I gave in and I decided to get the title. So given that I was going through this process that she always asked me to go through, as I'm working on these paperwork, I was texting her, not expecting her response was like, was like, yep, yeah, I'm finally doing this. Well, if you were talking to me, you'd be able to help me with this because this is what you do. Um, you know, just kind of, I think I was just kind of bored as I'm typing up all this information and putting all this stuff together for my packet, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I didn't expect her to respond, but at one day she responded and then basically started initially was saying, oh, you're doing this after criticizing me for three years for wanting this and putting me down. I'm like, wait a minute, when were I putting you down? Like all I ever said is that I didn't want to do this. I never said anything about you going for these promotions. So she turned this into me putting her down for it. Mm -hmm. But I apologized. I thought we worked through it. And I said, okay, you know, because once again, she's good at this. She's very good at doing these things. So mm -hmm. I was like, well, if you're, if you're willing to talk to me, if you can read through the packet I put together once I finish it. But she was like, you can't do it because I'm doing it in two weeks. And I guess some people take a two year, a year and more to put all this stuff together. So either way, she agrees to look at it for me. And I'm like, cool. But she didn't think I was going to get everything done. I'm like, cool. Oh, well, I'm going to try. Mm -hmm. So yesterday or day before, I told her like, oh, I actually surprisingly was able to get everything together. I, I needed certain recommendations. I was able to find somebody to get all the recommendations in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. um, and she was surprised. But then her reaction was, I'm not helping you. I'm like, what? you did this, you did that, you're, you're this, you're that, you're not even sorry for how you treated me. And I'm like, what? Like, I thought we moved past this. I thought we apologized. And I apologized for the, you know, what I thought was a misinterpretation of me expressing the way I felt as somehow criticizing you when all it was was expressing my views. And it was just like, you, via text, was just basically telling me how much of an awful person I am. Mm -hmm. and you know I don't know if she was joking initially when she said just erase my number and I was like well I'm sorry blah you know and then I tried to be polite I tried to apologize and then I said well best regards take care she didn't like the best regards aspect no boy <laughs> it was just another tirade of text and I was just like what the heck and I don't know what to do, right? Do I just leave it alone now? Because once again, I don't like that negative energy out there. And I'm like, but every time I figure out a way to smooth it over, it leads down to a pathway. And I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's what I want your help on. Do I just leave it alone now and just say, there's nothing I can do about this situation? Yeah, I would just leave it because um, her reality is not your reality at all. And oftentimes, it, you know, to me, it sounds like she has a personality disorder. And oftentimes when people have these disorders, they distort what's really happening. They misinterpret a lot. Um, and so, you know, it's really pointless in trying to communicate with her and or waiting for her to get back in a, 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 um, a feel good moment 
or during a, a, to get into a space where she feels good about herself and is in a good mood and, you know, she has these mood swings. So I, I would probably just block the number and delete it, delete the contact from my phone. Like, seriously. Yeah, it's just that she's, you know, once again, I mean, even not even a personal act, she's a great contact to have from a professional aspect. But, but, you, but you've lost that. What don't you understand about <laughs> the interaction she- you had with this person? Like, <laughs> he doesn't want to help you. She told you, you have offended her. It sounds like to me, you didn't do anything to offend her, but that's her interpretation and someone's perception is their reality. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I think you're right. And I think I know you're right. It's just, um, you don't like that negative energy. No, it, it, it bothers me, especially somebody who, you know, we have great moments together. We're helpful together. I mean, we, you know, we've traveled together. We've been friendly together. So I, I kind of like to keep positivity, you know, but mm-hmm. I think once again, she wants something from me that I'm not, I just know she's not the person that I want to. Mm, absolutely you know? not. Yeah, and, and I think what makes it hard to be completely honest with you, um, you know, I think I think both of us agree the intimacy between us is good. So mm-hmm. I think we have those moments. So you answered that question. Thank you. Yeah. Think, <laughs> yeah. So I think so I think that's what makes you know these things keep popping up back. Like one time, you know, she came here and I was supposed to just take her to the airport, and next thing I know, she's coming. She was just going to use the bathroom. She was running early, so she was, she was like, oh, just take me to your place, and then we could drive from your place to the airport. I'm sitting on the couch. She's coming off the bathroom. Her clothes is off. I'm like, what? Um, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And yeah. it makes things interesting. Yeah. I mean, these people with these disorders, they know how to make things interesting. You know, that's that's how their brain works. They think of ways to engage you or grab your attention and especially knowing their own pattern of behaviors trust me this isn't the first time she's had an unstable relationship oh no Uh, her ex-husband and her have issues um there's a question and now i question her version of the story (laughs) exactly and so and so they know they have to rely on these types of acts to keep you engaged because if it's always all bad and there's no good, then you're not going to stay. And that's what, that's what helped you to stay in the situation as long as you have, because she's led you to believe that she was, um, I don't want to label her, um, was without mental challenges. I'll say it that way. Um, and so, and what man can turn down a naked woman coming out of the bathroom? Yeah, and there's something sexy about that, right? Somebody, a woman just wanting you, you know, that, that, that's, there's something about that, right? Right. There's a whole lot about that. So, but with that comes the really bad stuff too, the extremely bad. So it's like extremely good, naked out the bathroom, and then (laughs) there's the extremely bad. And it sounds like there may have been more bad than good is what it sounds like. Oh, I don't know. I, I, you know, as I said, there's, there's a lot of stuff where she was able to, especially as I move up positions in my department, just talking to her, she was able to help me navigate certain situations and understand certain political dynamics that um, her experience and her tact was able to get me through that I wouldn't have may have gone through. So I, I think in the end, I would say there's, there was more good than bad. Okay. Um, you know, you know, we traveled, <laughs> We traveled an entire country together and it was more good than bad. There was just one night where she just flipped out and got angry. And other than that, the rest of the time was good. But I think that's the moment, right? You know, there's more moments where things just seem good. And then I think it gets to these moments where she wants me to care more than I care. And her way of doing it is just getting angry at me. Well, and I think it's a little more than that also. I don't also. I don't think it's um triggered by you not caring as much as she wants you to care. Okay. Uh, I think regardless of what you say and what you do, these things, you'll never be able to do anything. I don't want to say the word right, um, but you will always piss this type of person off. There will always be something that pisses her off and she's gonna snap on you. 
Um, and so this is what happens when people are in a relationship with someone who has what we call maladaptive personality traits. And that's basically things that turn people off. All right, so let's talk about other aspects of this person. What other type, does she have other meaningful relationships with other people? Yeah, um, she actually is, you know, one of those people that loves everybody around her and just kind of loves the attention. Um, and, you know, she's one of those people who walks in the room and everybody takes notice. And she has a lot of, I think, a lot of actually great relationships with the people that she cares about. Because once again, you know, the thing is when, from my understanding is when you're on her good side or she, you know, she cares deeply and she does, she'll go, she'll go to the end of earth for you. I'll, I'll give you that. She, for the stuff she's done for her friends and people to hear about, she'll do a lot. But, you know, once again, I think once you, once you get to the point where, yeah, when she's done with you, she's done with you. Yeah, so perhaps this doesn't rise to the level of being a disorder, a personality disorder. People can have traits that are unbecoming and not necessarily meet the criteria of having a personality disorder. And sometimes people have anger management issues. They don't know how to process or express their emotions. So it could be a matter of that as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you mean. I've, I, you know, I've had issues. I, you know, my ex-wife was a little bit more extreme, meaning she would love completely, and then she'll just cut people off. And when she cuts people off, she cut people off forever, and her relationship circle was tighter. So I've seen. I, I think a lot of those things you're right comes in different spectrums and different degrees um, for different individuals. Um, I think you're right. Also, what makes it so tempting is a lot of these people they can go through extremes, but is that, is that when they do care, it's a very special situation to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that situation comes with a lot of limitations. True. That is true. They limit, they want to control certain things and the way you're supposed to act and there's certain things you need to do to stay in their good graces. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about control. And so, you know, I think maybe you're answering your own question, but if you don't want to delete her, her contact information, you don't want to block the number, then just forget about contacting her. Don't contact her. <laughs> no text messages, no, no joking text messages. Yeah, no, that's, she's not, she's not, listen, what don't you understand about? So here's the other thing. Here's the other situation. The woman was interested in you you decided after being around her that you don't want this to go any further. Okay. You fucked. She said she was with it. But most of the time in most situations, women are not about that life. They're emotionally entangled, as you said. <laughs> They're emotionally entangled. Um, so once they get the D, it becomes something else. They start to care and this person does not have, uh, she does not manage her emotions well at all. So she really started to care. And then for you to say to her, okay, remember, we weren't supposed to do anything. Now, mind you, this is a fragile type of person. This is someone who doesn't know how to express herself. And so this is not a situation. This girl doesn't have, I don't want to say the maturity, but the emotional development and aptitude to be able to manage the switchback. It started out, you guys, it seemed like it was something that could flourish. And then you pulled back and you said, no, this is not going anywhere. And so she's dealing with that part of it as well. And for you to still want her to be involved in your life as a friend or a confidant or um, someone who can assist you in your growth, she's not with that. She doesn't have the emotional aptitude to be able to do that, to make that switch. And I, she, she's shown you that. So you can't send a text and say, hey, I finally decided to do this because now you're, you're really just trying to be a friend. Not enough time has passed for her to arrive at that position. Like sometimes you can do that with someone after six months or a year or two. Sometimes people, it takes a little longer. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think I think you are. I think you're correct. I think I just have to accept that I can't fix this. I can't make this work in any way. I just have to accept that where it is is where it is and leave it alone. Yeah. And if she reaches out to you, you know, you can respond back and just say, hey, I'm, I'm well or whatever, but keep it, just keep it very basic. Um, and you, and this type of person, you cannot, you cannot um, cause confusion going on a trip with someone to another country and saying, we're just doing this platonically doesn't work for this type of person. Yeah. I, right? that- that had a lot of consequences to it. <laughs> I'm sure it did. Do you care to share any of those consequences? Um, no. <laughs> no, it was just, um, you know, the trip worked out great. It was, um, it, was, it was just a confusing time for me at that moment. Um, and the only, the consequence for me was somebody that I may have been a little bit more interested in um, where who I asked to go with me on the trip said no. <laughs> so I just said, oh, I'm going to go with this friend. And that person hated the fact that I went with somebody, even if I promised her and, and I kept my promise that we were just friends and nothing more was ha- having from that. So that, I don't know, it's been, there were certain things where I missed from being married and it, I hate dating. The, the thing I missed was just like, one person, one situation, not having to worry about. When you're married for a while, you 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 learn your your spouse's mood swings, and even if they have these irrational mood issues, you um, from my experience, you you I learned how to manage it. When you're dating, um, as you're meeting different people, it's just I don't know how people do it. <laughs> You've been out the game too long, my friend. I, and I don't like the game. I don't like, and I think that's well, it's the- not, I, I say game, but it, it's not, I don't mean like gaming. I just mean you've, you've been out of this, this, the system too long. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's um, fun. Because I- dating can be fun. Dating can be a good time, but I think people who don't like to date is because you're picking and choosing the wrong people. You yourself admitted that this girl is like your ex. So there's something about this prototype of woman that draws you in, that lures you in. So I think you you should think about that. Oh, no. I mean, I know for me, for a fact that I like strong, powerful women, headstrong women. And somehow, sometimes that go um, awry. Listen, and- strong, powerful women are not don't all have maladaptive personality issues. That is know? true. And I've met a lot that hasn't. It's just... Um, that's true. You know, I joke with my friends that there's two types of men on a spectrum. They're farmers and they're hunters. They're men who enjoy the hunt. And no matter what you do to them, they're always going to want to hunt. And women try to make them into farmers, but they're always hunters. Mm. And then there are men who I put myself in who are farmers. Hunting means really nothing to me. Mm-hmm. I... I I would love at one moment just to kind of be mm-hmm. that thing about taking that moment, planting that seed with something and just letting it grow. The problem is a lot of times I think women like the challenge of the hunter. So I play that role, but I'm realizing it's not, it's definitely not who I am. And maybe that's because I've been out the game for so long. Yeah. I think also you need to stop ignoring red flags. <laughs> You're, I mean, if I do that, you're, ignoring, you're, you're ignoring red flags and you tried to promote someone who did not deserve a promotion. You went away on a trip with someone who doesn't know how to control her freaking anger. I mean, that's just, that is a, a red flag. Someone who cannot control their emotions and express themselves appropriately is never a good fit. Yeah, but you know, if you I, were the same type of person, I mean, that just could have been a very explosive. You could have had some explosive situations. So I think you make excuses for people and their for women and their behaviors because you're a farmer and because you want to be lazy 
and not be active in your dating life and not truly understand what it means to date and get to know someone you're being you're so what happens is because you're lazy because you're being a farmer you accept all these bad behaviors from these bad women i mean maybe you're partially correct but let's to be honest and you know luckily you know we're over the phone if I was to be judgy, almost all of y'all women have red flags. <laughs> that is not true. Oh, I can find, like, I jokingly tell my friends, there's a reason why there's a, the X chromosome <laughs> is an X and there's two of them. That's meant to be a warning. <laughs> Listen, you need to stop being so lazy, man. Get out here. And be active in your social life and enjoy dating. Dating can be fun. It can be expensive, but it can be fun. When you find the right one, it, and it, it doesn't have to be expensive, especially if you're creative. Yeah, but I think, you know, and that's partly probably the reason why I'm divorced. That, like, I, I, it's not that whole socializing and social aspect is not for me. Like, for me, a, a great evening is sitting at home reading a book or watching a TV or playing chess on my, on my, in my, on my computer or playing video games, I, you know, I will just get caught up in working or doing something. And, you know, of course we'll go out to dinner here or there, but yeah, I, that doesn't it, excite me. And, and yes, and you could call it lazy, but it called. No, 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 no. Don't misconstrue now. I'm not calling that lazy. That's not lazy. Reading a book and chilling at home is not lazy. What's lazy is not wanting to be active in your dating life and not wanting to do the work. That's okay, so what do you mean by work? Because to me, dating is just kind of seeing who you bump into and then- It is not. And that's what I'm saying to you. You're being lazy. <laughs> you're bumping into people and that's who you're inviting out on dates. That is not an active dating life. Just you bump into someone and you invite them out on a date. What's an active dating life? So it is being out, socializing and meeting people and determining before you even go out on a date with them, if you have anything in common by having conversations, maybe telephone calls, maybe Zooms or, you know, virtual meetings, getting to know the person first. And then, and I'm not saying you got to do that for two, three weeks before you even go on a date. I'm not saying that. But um, just placing yourself in situations so that you can intentionally meet someone and not bump into someone. Well, I mean, in my defense, I bumped, I have bumped into some very amazing people who we had a lot in common. Okay. And things have gone well. There's just been occasional things where we just wanted one or two different things in life at the stage that I am right now. And that is what I was about to say to you too. You are still early in your post-divorce phase. Take your time. You were married for a decade. Take time. Take time. Eventually, you will meet someone who compliments you well, who is very similar to you. There's someone for everyone. And so there will be that person who likes to spend her Friday, Saturday, Sunday night inside the house, not getting out, getting fresh air, seeing the world. Or seeing the city you live in, reading a book or playing a video game, maybe you will meet that person. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to travel. Like if it wasn't for the pandemic, if I'm not working, I would love to take trips. Like we, I have taken, you know, me and my ex, we traveled all around the world. We would just go for weeks or two or three weeks, you know. Okay. To, anyway, so I love to. I love to do those things. I just I don't like clubbing i've never liked clubbing i don't like bars i don't drink alcohol um so you know and i don't mind going out to dinner to nice restaurants but that's about it you know or we go to concerts or those things or theater you know yeah me and my ex we used to just get up and fly to new york to go see plays on broadways you know we had the resources to do that it's harder to do that in a dating situation it's harder to do that you know i don't like the the way people date to me is so artificial. I don't like the aspect of get dressed up, create this false facade, go out to a dinner, sit there and pretend like this is who we really are. What I prefer is, yes, having the conversations on the phone beforehand, having, um, 
Um, oh, I'll tell you about an instance where I bumped into an old friend that I've known for like 20, met 20 years ago, but we kind of reconnected on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we created a, um, we created a virtual trip together where every day we would just text each other about where, what we're doing today, what country we're traveling, what part of the country we're in. You know, those things fascinate me. And we, we did that for a week and we explored, we each would like research different parts and we'll send pictures of what we're seeing and we'll talk to each other throughout the day, texting as if we're, we're touring the city together. You know, to me, those things are more fascinating than- And, and so what became of that situation? <laughs> that situation is interesting. Um, once again, the thing I'm running into at this point is um, you know, we connect, we have, we, we are still friends, but she's still thinking she wants kids. And I'm at the phase where I don't think I want kids. Okay. Um, and that has been, to be honest with you, one of the biggest hangups right now. Yeah. Uh, I've never wanted kids. I don't have kids. Um, that was actually one of the bonding things between me and my ex. We both didn't want kids. Gotcha. Um, but now if a lot of people are meeting my age are still or a little bit, the people who I find interesting were close to my age because I refuse to date younger. I, I just can't realize I'll have anything that any of those will fascinate me that I want to intellectually stimulate me enough to talk to, no matter how pretty they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but everybody else I'm dating, they're still, um, you know, wanting kids or they have kids. And that also makes things a little bit um, more Yeah, yeah. Well, take your time, get to know yourself, get to understand what happened with your, your marriage and what brought about that demise. And um, as I said, don't ignore. I figured that out already. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> don't ignore red flags. Don't, don't even spend your time. Don't invest your energy. When you see it, you gotta, you really have to consider cutting it off. Red flags are showstoppers. I'm not saying... Like for you, someone who wants a child or wants children is a red flag because you don't want children. And so you shouldn't spend your time courting that person because that is a major life decision. True. And I guess, yeah, I, I guess you're correct. I, I guess at some point, you know, I, I I tell people this up front, but as I said, I go through these phases where I'll tell you, and if you are okay with us getting to know each other, then we'll get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Like to me, I'm always honest. I, I, as I said, I have this thing about negative, putting out negative things in the world. So people may have had issues with what I've done, but nobody can ever say that I didn't tell them exactly um, where right. I was coming from and right. why, and you know, upfront what I was thinking. So, ladies, you heard it here. If you're interested in this gentleman, <laughs> send me an email to info at Dr. Delvina help. Doctor is not spelled out. It's D R D as in Delta E L V as in Victor E N A dot help H E L P. I know who he is. I have his information. I'll send a couple of your pictures if you email them to me to this gentleman, and he'll decide if he wants to call you. He doesn't want children. He's been married before. He's three years out of his divorce, and um, yeah. So if anyone is interested, all right. Thank you for sharing your dating story. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Say brain love. Brain love. So, you know, you heard me say the word personality disorder during this episode. And you also heard me say the term maladaptive personality traits. Um, And so some of you may not know what I mean by a personality disorder. Personality disorders are... um, different. It's another sector of mental health. Um, We diagnose personality disorders, mental health professionals diagnose personality disorders. You can't diagnose someone with a personality disorder until they're at least the age of 18. Because certain things that are happening happening during childhood, a lot of times it's not sustainable. Um, These things don't persist. So You really wait until someone's at least the age of 18 before you render a diagnosis. And um, and you may be wondering, what do you mean by personality disorder? Well, so people who have personality disorders oftentimes um, 
most times, these these disorders are characterized by an inflexible way of thinking. They're inflexible in the way they think, the way they behave, and they also have unhealthy patterns of thinking and unhealthy ways that they feel and unhealthy behaviors. Um, personality disorders can affect how people cope in life, how they manage relationships, and as I stated, how they behave and how they feel. And so really an indication that someone has a personality disorder, there's a lot of different indications, but one of the main ones you can look for is someone who has not formed meaningful relationships with other people. And by meaningful relationships, I mean relationships that extend beyond superficial type relationships. You know, um, it's not just a person um, at work that they sit next to and that they hang out with at happy hour, but they never talk about anything. I'm talking about establishing relationships that are much deeper than that relationships where they share information amongst one another, personal information. So Personalities are a group of mental illnesses, and um, they involve so many different things. Um, And there's different types of personality disorders as well. Um, As I mentioned, narcissists or narcissistic personality disorder may be the one that people most commonly identify with or have heard of. But there's also something called borderline personality disorder. Um, There's antisocial personality disorder disorder. And I, I, some of you may have heard a video that I've, I made previously on Instagram where I talk about antisocial PD, antisocial personality disorder. People commonly say things like, oh, she's being antisocial today. She doesn't want to go with us to the party. Antisocial actually means so much more than just someone who doesn't want to socialize. So you really should be saying she's being asocial today. Asocial, not antisocial, but asocial. So um, I'm going to talk more about personality disorders. Just hang in there with me. Um, Continue to listen to the podcast and you will hear so much more about personality disorders. So that is his story, guys. Let's give it up for this man who called in and shared his information. Give it up. Give it up for him. Yes, 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 yes. We have to share more information with one another. But if you're in a relationship and this person is impulsive, um, you know, they uh, seem to be fragile in how they view themselves and how they deal in certain situations emotionally. They've had unstable relationships in their past that they stayed in. Um, Their mood seems to change at the, you know, blink of an eye. Um, Sometimes they seem to be super happy. They're in a good mood and other times They're super sad or intensely irritable. Um, And oftentimes these these swings and moods, they change because of a reaction to an interpersonal stress. Um, Maybe it's someone who threatens to harm themselves if this doesn't happen or if that doesn't go this way. They have feelings of emptiness. They have intense episodes of rage and anger. Um, they, They fear being alone or being abandoned. Those are signs of someone who has borderline personality disorder. And as I mentioned before, there's also narcissistic personality disorder. There's histrionic personality disorder. This is someone who's constantly seeking attention. They're excessively emotional or dramatic or sexually provocative to gain attention. Easily influenced by others. This person is shallow. Read about personality disorders, man. You can Google anything. You can go on NAMI.org, N-A-M as in Mike, I.org, and read about them as well. And you can also continue to listen to this podcast. So if you're not a subscriber, please subscribe tonight or today if you're happening to be listening to this later because, you know, a new episode drops every Sunday night at 8 p.m. So please subscribe to the podcast. Rate the podcast if you've been listening I've been on since May 2020 during the pandemic. This was the, this was my baby I conceived. Just subscribe, like, give me a rating. If you want, send me an email if you think that you are a perfect guest for the show or if you know someone else who would be a perfect guest for the show, email me at info, I-N-F-O, at Dr. Delvina. That's D-R-D, 
as in Delta, E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A, dot help, H-E-L-P, as in help me, info at drdalvina.help. And that has been another show, y'all. This has been a very interesting episode. So come on back next Sunday and join me on the couch. Everybody have a pleasant, beautiful week. And remember, be nice. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need It's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes. Learn from them and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love.